All right, what does the Bible say about dating? So excited about this one. Easy answer, not that much. Not that much. The Bible says a lot about marriage. Uh, the Bible says that uh, through Genesis 1, by the relationship of Adam and Eve, that marriage is a lifelong exclusive relationship between a man and a woman. Genesis 1 also implies that uh, by telling man and woman to be fruitful and multiply, that implies that God created sexuality and that by inviting a married couple to enjoy it, that means that sexuality is good. So, also, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, verse 4 says that marriage should be held in honor by all. And the marriage bed, meaning sexual intimacy, uh, should, not, uh, should be undefiled, for God will judge the sexual immoral and the adulterous. So, God says a lot about good things about marriage, not a lot about dating. But there is one part of the Bible that's very specific about dating. But it's not helpful because it's at it because we want it, it. It is helpful, but we sometimes treat it like it's not helpful because we don't understand it, and we don't understand it because it is an ancient love song between a man and a woman. It's like as if you were trying to get Ten Commandments from listening to Taylor Swift, but Taylor Swift wrote her love songs as if it was 500 B.C. You don't understand it. The book I'm talking about in the Bible is called the Song of Solomon. The Song of Solomon is not a letter. It is not an autobiography. It's a song that's supposed to be sung as a duet. Right? And it uses really weird language that's ancient. But it specifies what dating should be like. I wrote this. Here's what dating is. What is dating? Dating is a pre-marriage relationship which recognizes that the lifelong exclusive commitment of marriage is the goal of the relationship. All right, I'll say that again. Dating is a pre-marriage relationship that recognizes that the exclusive lifelong commitment of marriage is the goal of the relationship. What is dating like? Dating is like singing, singing a duet. Dating is like singing a duet and trying to keep in tune, two people singing in harmony. Dating is trying to keep in harmony two people who are friends yet learning to be lovers, two people who are physically attracted and learning to be emotionally attracted with passionate affection and godly patience. That's my baby over there. <laughs> Amen, baby. <laughs> Dating is like singing a duet, trying to keep in harmony. The harmony of being friends and being lovers, being physically attracted and being emotionally attracted with passionate affection and godly patience. Godly dating does all of that in harmony, but the Book of Song of Solomon shows us what the passion looks like what the patience looks like, and how things get out of harmony. And that's what I want to tell, talk to you about. Three ways that godly Christians who want to date in a godly way can uh, lose their harmony in dating. And I'll tell you, I did not do dating well. Uh, before I met my wife, I dated 
two girls, I can't even remember, three, three girls. First one was the worst decision of my entire life, and I still hold that up. Second one was just didn't work out. Third one didn't work out. I did not do dating very well. Three ways that godly Christians who want to date in a godly way can lose their harmony in dating. Number one, this is directly from the Song of Solomon, personal insecurities of one person that are not treated with love and grace from the other person. In the duet of Song of Solomon, the first thing we learn about the woman is that she is passionately in love with a man and that she is super insecure about her body. She's super insecure about her body because her brother's treated her unfairly and made her do hard labor. And she got, uh, her skin was afflicted being uh, working out, doing hard labor. And she's really insecure about herself. Personal insecurities that are not shown love and grace can cause a couple to lose harmony. See, she loves this guy, but because of her personal insecurities, she has trust issues and isn't sure that he is going to treat her well. But even as she doesn't think highly about her body, bro is so into her body. So into her body. And every time she says something about her insecurities, he's just like, man, no, you are. Mm. I mean, it's in ancient Hebrew, however ancient Hebrew said it, right? So what can we learn about dating from this? What we can learn about dating from this is, but there's a, there is a time in the relationship where her trust issues actually are fulfilled. She expects him to be here, and he's not there. This teaches us that we all have personal insecurities, but in our personal insecurities, if we think that giving our heart or giving our body to another person is going to fill the hole that we feel in our insecurities, we're going to get ourselves hurt. Guys can say all of the right things, but if they aren't there for the long haul of an exclusive lifelong relationship, probably they're just saying it because they want your body. Girls can look like they have everything there that you want. But guys, if you're just in it for their body, you're going to end up hurting them. And you're going to end up baggage with yourself for your next relationship. Personal insecurities that are not shown love and grace can cause couples to lose harmony. We all have personal insecurities. Don't give your heart or your body to someone thinking that they can fix your insecurities. Here's the second thing we can learn from Song of Solomon. Um, affection that only cares about the physical passion and doesn't care about emotional passion will cause a couple to lose harmony in their dating. You see, this girl was insecure about her body and she had trust issues. And she actually one time had a dream that she was, he was going to abandon her. And he's like, now nah, I'm going to be with you. I love you. I love you. But there's a time. They got married. And then there was a time where he actually straight up was emotionally distant from her. And when she needed him, he wasn't there. What we can learn from this is the best way to grow in the harmony of passion and patience is emphasizing 
being a friend before being a lover. Because, see, after he is emotionally distant from her and hurts her, eventually he comes back. But the relationship isn't healed until he treats her in such a way that she responds and says, you're my friend. The way that you can balance passionate affection with godly patience is learning to be a friend before you're learning to be a lover. But straight up, that's hard because you all live in Tinder and Snapchat and you think that the first thing that you need to do in a relationship is get with her body. I don't think it's surprising that the um, amount of depression in our society has gone up incrementally as the amount of dating sites in our society has gone up. Don't think that's surprising. Third thing we can learn from the Song of Solomon. Physical affection can't move faster than the commitment of the relationship. Uh, love is passionate. And there's part, times in the book of Solomon, Song of Solomon where this woman is just like, literally says that she's drunk in love with this guy. Like she is just impassionately blinded by her affection. She loves him. And there's times where it actually describes that they are, that passion is expressing itself physically. That he has her, his head, hand under her head. And it's very obvious he's about to put her on a bed. But then she says, don't awaken love before it's time. And that is the statement that is repeated the most in the book of Song of Solomon. Three times, don't awaken love before it's time. Don't awaken love before it's time. Don't awaken love before it's time. What we can learn from this is that the only safe environment to be able to experience all of the intimacies of love, the only safe environment to experience all of the intimacies of love is in the exclusive lifelong commitment of marriage. Any other scenario, someone's going to get hurt. And if you want to learn godly patience, how can you do that? Know the difference between lust and love. Lust just wants to take, to satisfy, and gratify their own needs. Love, that's lust, but love gives to seek the needs of the other at the expense of self. If you like someone and every time you get together, the first thing you're doing is feeling each other up, you don't love that person, you lust that person. You don't care about the person, you care about you fulfilling your own desires. Three things we can learn about dating from Song of Solomon. We all have personal insecurities. Don't give your body or your heart to someone to think that they can fix your personal insecurities. The best way to grow in the harmony of passion and patience is emphasizing being a friend first, not being a lover first. Patience can be learned that recognizing that seek, uh, by recognizing that love is the goal, not lust. And straight up, I didn't do this well. And maybe you haven't done, done it well either. That doesn't mean that you can't still enjoy God's best. If you've already done it wrong in a way that's really hurt you, or you've already done it wrong in a way that's really hurt someone else, you can still be loved. And you, if you follow this way, you're not unlovable. God can redeem and restore all of you. And Jesus, remember, he lived the perfect human life. And we can experience abundant life in him. 
And Jesus lived his perfect human life completely celibate and without a relationship ever. You don't need to be in a relationship to be fully actualize the human experience of happiness. But if God does provide you an opportunity to be in a relationship, balance the harmony of being a friend and being a lover, physical attraction and emotional attraction, that's dating. 